0: All right, Jeff. I got a horrible confession to make. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm not the greatest older brother in the world, but something happened yesterday to make me realize just how pathetic well, there, I really
1: am. There's something else I was going to ask you if you want to go ahead and apologize early on or wait till later, but so maybe there's Thank more you than for what I realized. To the yeah, maybe. Show. Maybe. Okay, well you start, what do you got then? Well, I want to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Eye Care Center of Memphis. Dr. David Moss runs a great office there, so for all your um, optometry needs, if you're in the Memphis area, then stop by the Eye Care Center of Memphis. Is he paying for this? No. (laughs) Well, how come he gets a shout out, Moss gets a shout out for his business, and well, we visited. Trees and I visited with uh, David and his wife. Had a great visit this past weekend and got to see his office from the outside. He didn't have his key with him, so we didn't go on the inside. But it looks great from the outside. So, And he did recently, His I don't know if I told you this or not, his office recently got a mention in a sermon, the Sunday morning sermon at Bellevue Baptist, a huge yeah. church. Yeah. And one of the associate pastors was bringing the message and mentioned his. So I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll just... I don't know that we have many listeners other than the Mosses in um, in Memphis, but you never know. Well, look so. if he
0: is a flood of new clients that overwhelms his operation, it's not well, our it's responsibility.
1: It, it, it could be a problem, yeah, if he gets too much business to where he can handle. But oh, anyway, okay. so no, we're not getting paid for them. But I kind of enjoy. All right, uh, talking like we do. Yeah. So well. do we need to give some other intro to this? Why don't you give? Well, oh yeah, who well we this, this is
0: the Fields Brothers Show, and I'm Roger, and I'm with Jeff. We're in Central Kentucky. And we're two, um, we say, recovering pastors with no known, known history of scandal, and um, also we just like talking about life on this side of the cross, uh, the grace of God, and what it means to be free in Christ. So anyway, um, there you go. So now, what? Uh,
1: I know one thing you need to apologize uh, for. Go, so ahead, what go you,
0: ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me what you got first.
1: Well, uh, last Sunday um, I got a message last Sunday from one of our listeners. And he and his wife were quite distraught because they normally attend a, from another state, um, not from right around here. They listen to our podcast typically on Sundays on their way home from church. So they go to church. Sometimes what they hear at church is not always in line with new covenant grace and the, and the gospel and the good news of Christ and all that. So they use our podcast often to kind of encourage them on the way home, <laughs> okay, and no. so they went to do that this past Sunday, and lo and behold, our podcast had not been. Yeah, I was a little late. I know. And I know. So, um, so just realize there are people, Roger, who depend on us.
0: Yes, I know. I did and let so, I us. I uh, let our. I like to apologize. I let our. This has not been my best week. I guess. Um, I let our um, listeners down. Well, let me tell you what happened yesterday. Oh. So, <laughs>
1: And then for those listening I have no idea what he's getting ready to say so this is <laughs>
0: so I'm on the uh, this is really bad I'm on the phone with spectrum okay yeah
1: cable and, company
0: cable company I'm having trouble with my internet and all the TV at the office and so they always ask you which you know they, your security question you know yeah and so they say and they give come a security question that I know I would have never asked you know they say <laughs> "What's what's the middle name of your oldest sibling I said, well I have one sibling well it's, it's Crandall he said, "Spell that." I'm, like, I'm not sure that has one L or two. I <laughs> so "I think it's C-R-A-N-D-A-L, but I'm not sure it's two L's or one L. Anyway, neither one of them works. So I don't know what they're looking for. Huh. I would have never used that in a million years. I mean, well, well I,
1: don't say it like that. Well, I no, mean, I'm you just know. saying I wouldn't. Just not something
0: that would have even come to mind. I knew I wouldn't. I would have thought, but it didn't dawn on me. It's not like we have. 14 siblings to keep track of I've got Still one brother one. and I wasn't sure how you spelled your middle name I just felt really embarrassed by that I was like golly so I called mom and said mom how do you spell Jeff's middle name <laughs>
1: so you called her not me huh?
0: <laughs> well yeah I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> yeah, I called her you
1: wanted to save that for the podcast yeah I was not huh? the podcast so I thought golly Look, I have a horrible brother know? of mine did she know she knew, She didn't know. Okay. She wasn't sure. No, no, she knew. No, I'm kidding. Yeah.
0: the words y'all come up with that name anyway. And they said she said it was a baseball player or something.
1: Like yep. So there was a baseball player named Dale Crandall, and it wasn't necessarily named after him. It was just I think Dad liked the name, or both of them liked the name. Yeah. So he had two L's, is two that L's. what she told you? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she did tell you so two C R A N D A L L. I also. Okay. I just
0: never in my. 64 years on this planet. Nobody's ever asked me how to spell your middle name before. And so, you know.
1: You know, since you mentioned that, we were, I pulled out an old reference book from my bookcase, one of the bookcases the other day. And it was uh, Erdman's uh, whatever, to, Handbook to the Bible. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. And, and it had a paperback cover. We were needing for something, or thought we might need it for something. So it had a paperback cover, which was all torn up. So, that, you know, I don't need the paperback cover. It's a hardback. And so I tore it. It was one of the very first books I bought when it may have been given to me as a Christmas present before I started in Bible college or something. So off the and I realized my name, I had my name engraved on the front of it. And I honestly don't remember if I had the name engraved or if whoever, if someone gave it to me. On the cover Erdman's? Uh, yeah, so it's a blank <laughs> cover. It's a hardback. So the front yeah. cover is blue, just totally solid blue. No, nothing on there okay. on the hardback version. Anyway, engraved in the lower left, lower right-hand corner was... J. Period Crandall Fields. J. Crandall Fields. That sounds like a TV evangelist. Well, yeah,
0: but it also <laughs> sounds like somebody who's aristocratic. You know, like you live in a you know multi-million dollar so mansion. This Bible hour, Do you have an to you appointment by, with J. Crandall. Uh, so it's kind
1: J. Of like J. Vernon McGee? What, yeah, he was, he was yeah, a well-known yeah, Bible yeah. teacher. So, yeah, uh, yeah so well, anyway, could be that too. Yeah, so right. I had no idea that my middle name was going to be coming All up right. on this podcast here. So, well, anyway, well, I've got. So what? I got stuff here. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'll tell you what. Here, okay. I'll tell you what. Let me
0: just read this to you, okay? And I know you've seen this because I sent it to you, but no, maybe you haven't. Actually, I know your problem, Jeff. I know your spiritual problem. And I'm going to spell it out for you right now. This was sent to me from a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent us this out of a book, a devotional book that I think his daughter's going through, and it's, this is a quote out of the book, okay? If the Holy Spirit was sent to give me power to live a victorious life, why do I feel so powerless and so defeated? Okay? Well, we often yearn for spiritual power, but we don't have it because of, here you go, impure motives, selfish desires, unconfessed sin, and God does not fill a dirty vessel with his power and love. The vessel of our lives must be cleansed, is by the blood of our Lord before it can be filled with the Spirit of God. But it talks about basically, then, then it uses the verse out of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know if there's any anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way and lead me in the way everlasting. So the idea is that you've got to clean up your life to be a clean vessel before God can put His Spirit in it, and there get His power
1: in you. So, now. Okay.
0: And there's a diagram. You know that has gotta be oh. true if there's a diagram. anytime in any Christian book, if there's a diagram, you can't argue with Yeah, the diagram. original
1: manuscripts of the Bible were yeah. filled with diagrams. Diagrams,
0: okay, yeah. so here's the diagram. If you can picture this, I'm not gonna let you see it. I'm gonna try to describe it to you because I know our listeners can't see it either. But you have a circle. Inside the circle, there's a little chair, a little stick chair. And there's two circles. Each one has a chair. Now the one of them has an S in the chair. That stands for self. Okay. There's a Ooh, bunch. Of, there's a bunch. Of, self, there's a we? bunch in of. That context. There's a bunch of spots around the chair inside the circle. Okay. Different they Are all kind of care up. Just range. Kind of um, in a mess. And the cross is out there. So basically, so you're So cross on the, is
1: outside the circle? Yeah, No, it's inside the circle, inside the circle but along it's with not on the chair. B-
0: it's not on the throne. The oh, chair represents the throne. I see. Okay. Okay, okay. So that's why you're, you're a mess. Now, even when you have the cross on the throne, then your the self is outside of all, not in the chair, and then all the, the dots around it are kind of in um, concentric, you know, in a pattern, okay? Okay. And so basically, this goes on to say, essentially, that you don't have any power because you're not a clean vessel. And so the idea being that if, you, if you're if you having trouble with sin, you have power over sin, you need to get rid of sin, sin in your life so that you can have power over sin.
1: So basically, you know, when I hear that, I'm thinking, well, okay, evidently the cross and the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit never happened. Or if it did, it didn't they really accomplish wore, they much. They weren't
0: enough, Jeff.
1: Yeah. You're sitting
0: of, in the throne of your life.
1: They kind of give us the opportunity as opposed to actually finish the work you know, and, and that is a difference i think a lot of people see the work of the gospel the work of the cross the resurrection as That's not it. finishing anything it just gives us the opportunity it's a pathway for something. right
0: it's a pathway kind of opens up yeah. a pathway but you've got to do the work but anyway the whole thing was just about i mean first of all in the context of the gospel when you start pulling up psalm 139 oh search me oh god so there is any me." that means you have no confidence no belief in what the blood of Jesus has done in your life. Yeah. You have no confidence. You've been forgiven. You've been made righteous. You've been made a new creation. No concept. We are start pulling up something that David said way before the gospel and applying it to yourself, you got a problem.
1: And just from a practical standpoint, so if someone hears that, I mean, we know from our own experience, someone hears that and maybe a, probably a sincere child of God hears that, and then what do they do? Okay, I've just got to do better I've and you think to, too either.
0: and if you have a problem in life something's not going right well it must be because i'm on the throne yeah. of my life again and so then you get into this introspection it becomes a just incredible amount of hyper self-effort and self-focus you know we, it says in scripture we put our eyes on jesus well this takes your eyes off of jesus yeah. put your eyes
1: okay. on you Okay, that brought up something else I was going to bring up. But, but before I get to that, I mean, so where does that lead a person? You know, just from a practical standpoint, what works and what doesn't work, that does not work. does not work. You, you, someone tries to go down that road, it may seem to work for a little while, but it is going to end up in one of two ways. It may work for a little while, then it ends up in arrogance, but eventually it's not going to work, and it's going to end up in despair and, and, and it, discouragement. And and it's, just, a,
0: it's a classic example of living on both sides of the cross. Yeah. You kind of have a little bit of grace a little bit of gospel and a little bit of works actually a whole lot of works and it does not work but it but it looks it looks so good because you got the diagrams you've got some scripture it kind of makes sense
1: you know a, a that's what i was thinking of a telltale sign if, if you're hearing a sermon or reading a post or reading an article or whatever you know are you hearing law or are you hearing grace we know that you know, the Apostle Paul said, "For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under but under grace." So, how do you know when you're hearing law or when All you're right. hearing grace? I have, I have a one way that might work. Okay. Okay, is it descriptive or prescriptive? In other
0: words, are you hearing a description of what Jesus has done for you, or are you hearing a prescription of okay. what you ought to be doing?
1: Okay. I, it took me a second to realize you had flipped it around. I said law or grace, then you you so. Descriptive is grace. Yeah, okay. Prescriptive is right, law. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's mean, that's one way of saying it. And so, I mean, another kind of what it, it's kind of are you being told what you need to do, which is yeah. uh, prescriptive, or are you are you being told what has been done? Right. That's descriptive. descriptive. Right. And then it's also kind of what you mentioned you you go away. So, if you hear the law, if you hear something that is prescriptive, here is what you need to do. You leave or you finish that article, you finish that book, you, or whatever, like what you said earlier, you go away focused on yourself. Yeah. What Here's what I need to do versus if you hear grace in the gospel, which is descriptive of what has happened. That's why we called our book a what happened book. It's not a how-to yeah. book. When you go away from that, you go away thinking about Jesus Christ, yeah. who he is and what, what he's done, and, and that is fantastic news. But then I go back to the other, which way works? It's so. What has the power? Where is the power of God? Yeah, power of God is in the gospel. It's in the gospel, yeah. Is in hearing the good news. In so. the fruit,
0: the fruit is comes from the gospel of grace. The fruit does not come from the law. The law does not produce right. fruit. But I could, I would say it this way. I would say here is some tests you might be, be able to use. One is it descriptive or prescriptive? Does it describe what Jesus has done, or does it prescribe something for you to do? Or another way of saying the same thing? Does it take yeah, like you said, does it take your focus? Um does it put your focus on Jesus and what he has accomplished, or does it put the focus on yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, is it and is it good news? Yeah. I mean, real simple. That's a simple test. Is it, it good advice some, or good is news? Is it good advice or is it just Sometimes I mean it's not is even it, good advice, but yeah, yeah, is, it, is, is it, it advice or yeah, is it good is news? Is it advice or is it good news? Yeah. Now here's the thing. You know, I mean, good advice can be in some cases okay, it's but it's not the gospel. And so a lot of times what we hear is just stuff we ought to do, which, you know, I mean, it's not like, it's not like the things that you do don't matter. Right. But they don't have the power that the gospel has in it. Um, anyway, it that sense? Yeah,
1: okay, a couple things. So one is, right. I mean, I can hear someone saying now, well, you know, there are a lot of commands in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. All, a lot of times yeah. they tell people how to live, and so what do yeah. we do with those? Well, what we do with those is realize that those always, pretty much always come toward the end of a letter. You know, it's helpful to realize these New Testament letters are entire letters, you know, and so... You know, Ephesians 5 and six or or four five and six or the last couple of uh, chapters of Colossians and the last part of class Gal- couple chapters of Galatians you know based on this he's just describing who you are and it it's so I mean there is a place for the directives and that but there, there's a difference between directives and law there's a difference between saying here's how yeah. here here's how to live uh, to enjoy who you are and to be who you are yeah there's a difference between that and okay here's what you need to do to avoid this penalty or here's right. what you need to do to get this. Those, things, accepted. those right. things are never, the directives are never in order right. that. Right. Right. They're never, okay, do this or don't do this in order right. that right. you'll get this or won't get that it's terror here's who you are here's what you have been given right. therefore now here's here's how it's to live. the
0: same thing with what you would treat your own kids you would say to them okay we need to do your homework what we don't say is if you don't do your homework you're out of the family right if you don't do your homework you're not accepted anymore i mean you we hopefully would not say that it has nothing to do with their inclusion in the family um, but there are there are things that we're instructed to do to, how to treat people mostly are just things you know, treat people right and that's that's right. I mean, but it doesn't mean that when you blow it or you don't do that, that you're out of the family of God, that you're not acceptable to God, that He's mad at you, that you don't have fellowship with God, or that you're not saved anymore, anything like that. It has nothing to do with any of that.
1: You know, this occurred to me. I was talking to someone or to someone. I forget here lately. The two main, for me personally, the two most memorable spiritual experiences I've had is one, when I heard, we've talked about these before, but when in Bible college, I heard a professor going through Galatians 2, talking about Galatians two sixteen and 17, and particularly 16, when it says three times in one verse, you're justified not by works of law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And he talked about that. And that was an eye opener for me. As someone who was hoping I was good enough and, and thought all this, it's kind of like my eyes opened that day. The other time was I heard someone talk about Romans 6 and talk about you're dead to sin and Christ is your life. So the the common denominator in both of those. So those are the most eye-opening experiences I've had spiritually. In neither case did they tell us what to do. In neither case did the teacher say, okay, here's what you need to do. They just simply told us what is. Mm-hmm. They right. just simply... Described to use your your term yeah. there, described the work of Christ and what already is. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is the gospel. When you hear the good news, and that's living by faith. You know, yeah. we live by right. faith, not, okay, if you do this, this, and this, you know, someone might say, well, I have faith in God so that if I do this and this and this, he'll give me this, this, this. That is not faith. Not that faith. is living by law. That's law. And Galatians 3 says, you know, faith and law are two opposite things. You can't have both run by faith, we live according to what already is. And so right. in those cases, I walked down the classroom that one day realizing I'm right with God yeah. because of the cross. And then the other case, I walked out of the room realizing I am dead to sin. And just telling me what the good news was, that's the good news.
0: Yeah. I mean, the gospel is an announcement. Mm-hmm. It is not an invitation. I mean, it's not really yeah. an invitation of what you're going to do. Now, we receive what has been done for us, but... It's an announcement of good news, of this is what has been done for you. We respond by faith,
1: or mm-hmm.
0: with faith, by and believe, believing the announcement. It. But it's primarily a statement of what is already true. Your sins have been forgiven. Now, you can accept that. You can believe that. Receive the Lord and go on.
1: That phrase, it's been a while since I mentioned it, but Paul Ellis' phrase, the faithless language of longing. And so, I mean, we can either live by, I thought of this the other day, we can live by longing or looking. So when you're living by law, you're living by longing. You need to get, and I I read this, it was great. It says, religion thrives on two lies, distance and delay, Jesus canceled both. I I forgot who said that, it was on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. think about that again. Religion thrives on two lies, distance and delay, Jesus canceled them both. So religion or law says... There's distance There's separation get close to God and okay. the delay it hadn't happened yet. Right. So it says, but you can get closer to God, it just hasn't happened yet. And so in that know. case of what you read yeah. there earlier, if that, you know, so they're saying that person needs to do this and this and this so that they will get this and this and this, you know that's the and religion thrives on that. Yeah. relies on the, the assumption of distance and delay. Right. And the good news of the gospel is there's no distance. There's no delay. Today is the day of salvation. Just right. believe, you know, right. the good news.
0: All so, right, let me give you another one here. Now, we, I know you read this one, but uh, we saw what a friend of ours posted on Facebook that is a quote from a well-known minister who says, too many people, here's your, here's your problem, Jeff, right here. Too many people are like Joseph and Mary on their way back to Galilee, carrying on assuming the Lord was with them. This is what's described in Luke 2, verse 43 through 48. He wasn't. They had to go back and look for him until they found him. This is what we have to do. So there you go, Jeff. You're going through life. You left Jesus behind. You got to go back and get him because you lost him. <laughs> and people read this and they go, wow, that's exactly,
1: exactly right. Where, where do right. we start?
0: I mean, yeah. it, but you know, this is, see, this is where legalism on many levels is, is brilliant. I mean, this is a, a, it's a deceptively brilliant way to take a story um, out of the Bible that has nothing to do whatsoever with the gospel or grace or Christian life. Mean, nothing. And we're going to apply this. It's a cute little. Yes, it's a story. It's what yeah. something happened. You know, Mary and Joseph did yeah. leave Jesus behind. He was 12 years old. He was teaching the Pharisees, and they were in a big caravan of people. And they realized he wasn't them. They went back and got him. And he said, that's where he makes a famous line that, you know, it must be about my father's business. Well, fine. They get Jesus and they come back. But, but the idea that you can be in Christ, sealed with the Holy Spirit, forgiven, redeemed, um, you know, redeemed united with him in one spirit but you can somehow leave him behind by and so my question with this aim is how do they how do you do that today what you, you didn't read your bible enough so you left jesus behind you didn't pray enough you left jesus behind you missed too many church services you left jesus that's behind. The, that's the distance it's that's my the distance. distance you left, left him you behind left you gotta go back there's and a get
1: distance him. between you and jesus because you went and left so him.
0: my question is how did i leave him behind and how do i go back and get it <laughs>
1: I nobody can ever really define that. Yeah, when I saw that, I mean, a couple of thoughts. When I saw that, I thought, okay, you know, Jesus said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Well, I guess you know what a lot of people will say on that, or the you know the Romans eight, you know, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Well, nothing else can separate us, but we can separate ourselves. Yeah. Or someone may say, "Yeah, Jesus yeah. never going to leave you, but you can leave Jesus." Right, it's free will. Which is, yeah, you
0: got a free will. You you left you know, Jesus,
1: which disregards the work of the cross and the resurrection and the ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that I, we have been made part of the body of Christ. He's with us. He's I, get this, us. I get this I get this argument all the time. Well, I believe in free will.
0: That's a big art for a lot of people. And so, so the idea being that you know you can you know somehow walk away from God, you can have a, you know, whatever. You, I, I believe in free will. So here's my, here's my response to that. Well, I believe God has a free will. You believe God has a free will? Mm-hmm. Well, he has taken his free will, and he has decided he's going to hold on to you. He's going to secure you. That's his free will. So sometimes we believe in man's free will is bigger than God's free will.
1: I, would, agree, I agree with or disagree? that. I, would, I agree with I would come at it from a little bit different angle. I have, okay, think physically. I have a free will about when I leave here, do I drive home? Do I drive somewhere else? Do I drive slow? Do I drive, What do I put on the radio? Or, you know, I have, I have certain, I have free will, a lot of choices. But there's a lot of things I don't have a free will on. Mm-hmm. I do not, I'm about six foot one. I don't have a free will to change that. I don't have a free will to change my DNA, you know. So, and all that that would encompass, you know. Mm -hmm. So, there's a lot of things about we we don't have a free will when it comes to changing our nature. Is what I'm saying. We have free will in terms of our behavior. That's a good point. I got it. But not our nature. And so, when you become, when a person receives Christ and they're placed into Christ, they receive a new nature. If any man be in Christ, and so you do not have a free will to change your nature. I can't as many people are trying these days <laughs> we won't go down that, that political road but there's yeah. a lot of people trying to identify as something other than who they are change your chromosome yeah. and so and so that's how I would how yeah. to respond yeah. to that I, so it's I, like yeah, it. I mean that is sad that um and so I mean so and again you know they're the, and, you know it's obviously sincere I'm sure that the person that wrote that is sincere but they're thinking they need to motivate people yeah. and then it, it's a It's a low view of the power of the gospel is what it is. It's like you don't think the gospels and the work of Jesus Christ and the heart and the Holy Spirit is enough to transform people's lives. I've got to put this pressure. All
0: right, I have another quote for you. Tell me if you agree with this or not. Our friend Jeremiah Hurt said this, okay? Okay. The gospel, or no ministry. He said ministry is 80% Oh, I think I saw this. Telling people. <laughs> no, this is good. This <laughs> is a great quote. 80% telling. I wish I had read this first. So I can relate it on you. But 80% of explaining to people uh, the good news of the gospel, I think. And 20% setting up chairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, that's within the context of. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, I know, I so with, within that context, uh, it may be more 75, 25, <laughs> I think. You know, yeah. or setting up chairs, being representative of. A bunch of other stuff no, too, but yes. yeah, in that case, maybe they and do. I, and you know. I also,
0: love, love love all the script all the stuff I see on Facebook all the time. I said, now the true test of a one one of saw the true test of a Christian is not loving <laughs> Jesus, it's loving Judas. And my question was, there's a test, <laughs> yeah, but nobody ever asked that
1: question. You know, I mean, what we mean that test, or a true test. You, know? you but, know, when we when we live under law or or the combination that we talked about, boy, I mean. God's children have such a tendency to beat up on themselves oh my and to welcome anyone that beats up on them, and so you hear that thing about leaving Jesus or we got a test. I mean, it's just like the default. I mean, that when you're under law, you feel guilty, and so somehow if you get beat up, you kind of feel a little less guilty or feel like it might, you know, motivate you a little bit more, and uh, and it's sad. So I mean, it's like we bread.
0: we want to be a little bit abused you know we yeah. want to be beat up we want to be made to feel horrible and it's like by feeling horrible we feel better it's the weirdest thing
1: i mean that's that's kind of a i mean that's a family dynamic in abusive yeah. families too yeah. so i mean there's yeah. a spiritual parallel yeah. with that yeah. so we have so. got some more but we'll say that till the next podcast
0: anyway i just like to apologize for not knowing how to spell your middle name jeff
1: and know. you're going to get this podcast loaded in time to I'm a I want to make so every effort